Welcome to Business Smarts Radio with Tom and Dr. Dane, the clean approach to building your successful business. Now, let's introduce Tom Borg and Dr. Dave Miles. Hey, welcome to episode two of Business Smarts Radio with Tom and Dr. Dave. We're bringing you the clean approach to building a successful business. And by clean, we're not talking about spick and span and dust moths. We're talking about clean communication, leadership, engagement, and no drama. Absolutely. And I love it because why is it important, Tom, not to have the drama? Well, Dave, everyone's going to be that much more productive in your company if we can eliminate the drama, or at least minimize it, and as a result, just do what we're supposed to be doing, and that is to create a great customer experience. Mm. I like it. I was going to say way too many times they're just too much going on around water cooler and not enough going on to make things happen. So today we're speaking about making things happen. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about turning business problems into opportunities, which yes. I love the premise of it. And I wanted to at least before we got started, throw a shout out to uh, Christine Chris, who is the executive director for the small business development uh, center here in the Winchester area. And I laugh because she has a program where they have basically focus groups for small businesses to really look at some of the things that they're struggling with and how to overcome them and do better. So you have problems that they're trying to turn into opportunities. And so they will cover three to four. She's coined the phrase, her term, not mine, problem tunities, which I love that. I love that phrase because it's not just looking at, I have a problem. I have an issue. I have a, no, it's a problem opportunity. How can I take this problem, put some ingenuity to it, and turn it into an opportunity that's actually going to help. And, and the nice part about what we talked about before the episode, a little conversation, you have a great example of one of those later in the program, which I'm really excited to get to. But yeah, talk about just a little bit about turning business problems into opportunities, Tom. Well, first and foremost, I think we th- need to think about it. Uh, Joel Barker, great futurist, he uh, talked a lot about this business of paradigms and it's a paradigm is our problem problem solving system. That's what, what we do to approach problems. So that's the way he used it. So in a sense, when we're facing problems in our business, whether they be internal or external, it's a matter of how we look at it. And if we can have paradigm pliancy as Joe Barker would suggest, where we're flexible in the way we look at things and the way we we think of solutions that can be applied, we're going to be in a much better place. Nice. That's it. I like that paradigm pliancy. I haven't heard that before. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. So what are some of the things that, I don't know, maybe challenges? I know you talk about uh, things being outdated, ineffective, maybe worked in the past, not worked now. Mm-hmm. So what are well, some of the examples of that? Well, currently, right now, what we've got in this business climate is there's more competition than ever. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, companies that are online or companies that are brick and mortar, they're competing against each other. You've got, uh, it's extremely hard to find good talent today, good employees. Uh, it's uh, the it job, uh, the jobless rate is way, way down. I don't know what it's at exact. What is it in your area right now? In my area, somewhere in that 2.5 to 2.8% unemployment, okay. which is pretty much full employment. People are having a really hard time. That's one of the biggest wow. complaints that I hear from business owners. Mm-hmm. And- they just, they're having a hard time finding people. Same here in, in Michigan, it's 3%. So mm. it think, can't get much worse than that. So point is that's challenging. Uh, next, another current issue that's happening today is legalization of recreational marijuana. That's, that's a hard 
issue to deal with when you're an employer and you've already got issues finding their best people and then they have this uh, other concern come up about whether or not they could be using recreational marijuana marijuana and how's that going to affect their their uh, productivity on the job and and safety for that matter yeah uh, then the last thing here is changing i'm sorry go ahead oh no no i was going to no. say that from an hr perspective that is very mm -hmm. tough because it's like oh, telling yeah. somebody that well you can't come to work intoxicated but you can't drink on the job but we can't tell you you can't have a beer at the football game mm -hmm. but marijuana and other drugs where it's very simple it's illegal it's cut and dry yeah. it's what it is you can't in in our business and there's a lot of businesses that are just uh, they can't do that it's just is what it is uh, yeah it's a lot gonna of be complicated. that is going to be very complicated because especially when it does get legalized more and more across the United States. So definitely an HR challenge. That's for sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then the last one here is just changing customer expectations. Uh, this is another challenge for businesses and industries to recognize what is it that their clients, customers really want and not to guess about it. So we'll talk more about that later. Gotcha. Well, one of the things that as we were talking before the episode, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all this kind of goes to, well, if people are looking at a way they solve their problems, they're looking at a certain paradigm mm -hmm. and what worked before is like, what's well, always worked It's historical reference. It's going to continue to work That's the way we do business. And they're not looking to kind of be, you know, have some pliancy in there and be able to shift. Right. The bad mm -hmm. thing is it may have worked before and it may have been very successful. Uh, but what has changed have the conditions on the ground changed it goes back to kind of a situational awareness mm -hmm. you're talking about uh you know military fire service ems everything you know that situational awareness you can translate that into your business as well have the conditions changed on the ground to where the current operating plan no longer is applicable and a mm -hmm. lot of times we get blinders and it's so easy to because you get in a routine i mean it's that's right stand here and be critical about getting blinders on it's just it's human nature but it's so easy to do that and then mm -hmm. all of a sudden not realize that something has shifted something has changed and now all of a sudden you're going in a direction that's not going to be beneficial for your business mm -hmm. and one of the i always love the story about the uh, i use it in some of my speeches about the uh, the ham story mm -hmm. and i ask people i said have anybody ever heard the ham story and they're like no mm -hmm. it was a it illustrates a pretty good point. It was a, mm -hmm. a newlywed married couple. Mm -hmm. First time Thanksgiving, Christmas type thing came around, you know, wife was brand new, uh, newlywed wife was talking about, it. she wanted to make the ham just like her mom, just like her grandma. She's going to make it for as a, a continue the tradition mm -hmm. for the family. Awesome. So she makes it, she gets it, puts the rub on there, puts the prep, does all the thing, takes out the big knife, cuts the end off the ham, puts it in the, um, in the train and puts it in the, uh, in the oven mm -hmm. and the newlywed husband's kind of like, that was weird. I've never seen anybody cut the end off the ham, but mm, all right, there's probably some good reason. He's probably thinking, all right, you cut the end off the ham. Maybe you, you put the rub on there. It helps absorb into all the mm -hmm. meat or whatever. Mm -hmm. He's on and on and on about why. Right. So two or three holiday seasons go past and he finally is asking, he gets up the courage because he's comfortable. He's no longer, you know, quite, as new of a newlywed he's like <laughs> he's like so why do you cut the end off the hand I'm like well that's uh, what my mom always did mm. why'd she do it i don't know that's just what she did cool all right so chance we go to mom's house for christmas or thanksgiving one year or easter 
Same thing. He's like, all right, this is my chance. I'm going to find out why my wife does this. Ask the mom. No idea. Same answer. That's because what that my mom did for years. Hmm. That was just the recipe. Okay, sounds good enough. So finally, five, six years into this ordeal, it's just killing him. He finally gets a chance. Christmas, Christmas with Grandma, and that was his Christmas gift that year, is to be able to finally ask Grandma, get to the meat of the, no pun intended, get to the meat of the matter, <laughs> is exactly why we're cutting the end off the ham. So they sneaks away, ask, hey, Grandma, can I ask you a question? And he asks her about, why do they cut the end off the ham? You know, because you, your daughter does it, your granddaughter does it, and her face just drops, and she just shakes her head. She's like, oh, my God. And just, I can't believe they're that stupid. They're like, what? 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 They're just stupid. Yes, yes, yes. You're absolutely right. I did cut the end off the ham. But the only reason I cut the end off the ham is because I did not have a pan big enough for the whole ham to fit. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and the thing that gets me is how many times do we, we have a big enough pan, but mm-hmm. we keep cutting the end off the ham because, well, that's just how we've always done it. Mm-hmm. And it was a great reason before, but those reasons have changed. That's right. Very. We haven't gone point. back and looked at the processes again. So yeah, I don't know. Just just something I thought would illustrate the point a little bit. So, uh, what are some other things we need to look at as far as turning business problems? Well, into well, Dave, and, and the hitchhiking what you said that is so true. I mean, and it is like a scotoma. People have this blind spot. They don't realize why are we doing this. Because so-and-so did it five years ago, 10 years ago, and they just don't question authority, and things keep going, and hey, worlds around, the world around them has changed. There are better ways to do what they're doing, but they keep doing it the same old way because there's no reason why. They're just because they used to do it that way. Great, gotcha. great example. And yeah. I think it's a great way to have a questioning attitude and foster a questioning attitude yes, if absolutely. you're a leader mm-hmm. and still be respectful. Yeah. Because I think it, you definitely don't want to – you don't want to open the gates mm-hmm. for the questioning. And I'm looking at from the employee standpoint, yes, it's like, this is great. I have the opportunity to finally share and, and be able to point out problems, mm-hmm. issues, concerns. But I think it's, it's just like the more bees with honey versus vinegar type of thing. It's, it's, you have to do it in a respectful manner. Yes, of course. And, that may, and it's just not just respecting the, the person's title or their authority or their position above you. I think it's just honestly just being genuinely respectful to people as a person. Yes. You just appreciate them as a person and you're not just, you know, dumping on the manager position. Yes. That's on that org chart. You're talking to a person who's trying to do the best they can, hopefully, mm-hmm. or they wouldn't be even opened up to those suggestions in the first place. That's right. That's exactly right. So what are some questions we need to ask? Well, one, one good question is we need to ask ourselves as, as business owners or managers, as a team, what business are we really in? So oftentimes people say, well, we're in the business of providing uh, widgets or something like that. Well, let's take the example of the, the railroad industry. So for years and years ago, well-known fact that the railroad industry always looked at themselves as being in the railroad business. So back in the day, on the early stages of the uh, airline industry, the airline industry actually approached the railroad industry, wanted to merge with them. So the great leaders of the day got together, and the airline people were thinking, well, hey, the railroad industry is already established. They have all these stops. They know uh, the way to uh, set up these networks. We're going to just modify that a bit through 
air travel as opposed to rail travel. Well, Makes sense. Road, yeah, absolutely. Railroad industry leaders thought, no, no, uh, this uh, business of uh, airplanes flying, that's just a, a novelty. It's going to wear off. And uh, they, had, they wanted nothing to do with the, railroad, with the uh, airline industry. Well, we know the rest of the story. Uh, railroad industry just about went out of business. And airlines today, it's one of the most uh, prominent ways to uh, travel anywhere of long, you know, long distance. So here's where the railroad industry leaders missed it. They just thought they were, quote, in the railroad business, not in the business of transporting people and goods to their destination. So if they looked at it that way, they would have opened up their paradigm of just how they could transport people and goods to different destinations, not just through rail, but through a number of other uh, ways that they could do it. Yeah, well, that definitely limits them quite a bit because uh, so you, if we look at it now and laugh. I mean, to me, it's just yeah. laughable. Of course, it doesn't matter if you're trucking, railroad, airline, you're in the transportation industry. Mm -hmm. Like you said, goods and services from point A to point B. I mean, mm -hmm. that's, that's what we do. You know, we yes. need to get places, goods need to get places. Our whole economy is based on that. Mm -hmm. But to think that, okay, I'm just in the airline industry it's kind of like even now look at the logistics and transportation look at ups fedex you know, mm, Am amazon amazing. amazon building all that i mean they build these incredible networks but yeah. then and now amazon has built one of the biggest logistical operations in the world that's right to be able to get products there and they're even experimenting with drones i mean it was like we want to get the package to you quickly we're mm -hmm. not even worried about the the ups guy or the fedex guy or the the mail person bringing the package to you if we can get the package there more efficiently some other manner some other route yes we'll do, we'll do that too mm -hmm. that's amazing but it's yeah. it's true so things are changing we need to oh, change with it absolutely uh now talking about changing you were we were taking the discussion about paradigms mm -hmm. and kind of getting into that before we started the episode and got a couple of interesting takes on that so mm -hmm. uh, you were talking about paradigms being problem-solving systems, but what are the things that I wanted to make sure, and I was hoping you could expound on it a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, it seemed like during the 90s, it was just paradigm shift this, paradigm shift that, blah, 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 blah. And you heard it so much. People right. got sick of it and to the point, out of the box, shift your paradigm, blah, blah, blah. It just got so cliche that I think people just tuned out of something that was a, an important message mm -hmm. that we needed to hear but it just got drowned out because it was just droned on and on and on and on. Mm -hmm. uh, tell me a little bit about that. What are your thoughts well, on that? Well, let's face it. We're living in a never changing world. Things are constantly changing. We can just see that in the technology. That's this new, latest app, this latest program that. So it's something we're going to need to learn to live with and embrace. And that uh, paradigm uh, appliancy is something that we're going to need to have as part of our, our tool in our toolbox to forge forward into the 21st century. No doubt about that. What do you think about as far as how the word and the terms and everything was probably misused, but how it was so overused in the past that people just seem to tune out. How's a good way to really get people to hear the word, but really understand what it was originally meant for in the first place? Well, problem solving systems, what it really was meant, I think, from the business owner's perspective. So we just need to look at what, what are the approaches, you know, get rid of the word, but use words such as what are the ways we look at in terms of solving our problems? 
Uh, what can we do to be flexible about that? That's, that's really what we're looking at here when we're trying to improve our business is just looking for ways to solve our problems. Good deal. Yeah, because the, the last thing I want to do is turn anybody off because they hear, oh, it's just jargon. It's just this. It's the same old Well, mm -hmm, Because mm -hmm. it's a solid thing with how do we look at and try to increase our innovation? How mm -hmm. do we try to increase our creativity? How do we try to really do things in a better manner? Mm -hmm. and I just didn't want that to be... It just seemed to be, you don't hear as much of it now, but man, for a number of sure. years, it yeah. just got beat into the heads of, uh, mm -hmm. of, of the business jargon world. And I think to the point, like I said, the bad part about that is a lot of great terms, a lot of things that are perfect concepts that we really need to start looking at and really need to keep to the forefront, they get droned out simply because of repetition and misuse. Mm -hmm. I hear you. I, I totally agree with that. But I like that idea of paradigm pliancy. That's awesome. I haven't mm -hmm. heard that from before. Yep. So the main thing is we, we need to remain flexible and in the way we approach the problems that we're trying to solve. Good deal. Well, you were talking about com recurring complaints. We talked about this before the episode and just mm -hmm. the ways that you're thinking, okay, I have a problem. I have a situation. I have things that happen, uh, mm -hmm. things that are out of my control. Right. You know, I, I love the book Extreme Ownership by Jocko Wilnick about uh, it's my fault for everything and just take ownership for it and then figure out how to fix it. Mm -hmm. And so how do you take some of these complaints, problems, concerns, or legitimate things that are, you just can't change. Right. And turn them into opportunities to be more successful. Well, one example comes to mind. I was working with a client a couple of years ago. It was a very nice car wash and I had a chain of car washes, but one particular car wash that he owned was on a very busy street here in Michigan and uh, traffic was unbelievable. It was like three to four lanes wide on going in one direction. And it was one of the worst roads for accidents in the state, quite frankly. Oh. But in any event, so what it was is when people would uh, be coming home from work, it was very difficult to make a left-hand turn into his facility. And then of course, after they had the car wash to come out of it, turn left again to get back on the busy road to head home. So we did some brainstorming and we came up with the, the idea, why doesn't he open an hour earlier in the morning so people, when they're coming to work, they could pull in because it'd be an easy right-hand turn right into the, the facility, okay. get their car wash, and then out they go, a quick right again, onto their destination off to work. So by doing that, oh, and he also added a, a, an extra perk there, so he ran these happy hour uh, uh, promotions where people would come in, uh, say between seven and eight in the morning, they get, get extra incentives for coming and maybe it'd be a, a triple wax or something mm -hmm. where there'd be a, a, a free uh, add-on just because they were coming at that particular time. Uh, it's similar to what a restaurant would do for uh, a very slow night, like say a Monday night or gotcha. uh, bring in people and have certain specials. But what he did by doing this completely changed his business that that became a very profitable time for him in the morning and he was able to capture some of that traffic that would have just driven right by him at night because they had the opportunity to come in there in the morning so it was a situation where he couldn't change the traffic flow but he could certainly change the hours that he opened his facility and as a result customers won he won and everybody had a safer journey i like that that's a yeah. really cool example because a lot of people say it's our location, it's the mm. traffic, it's mm. we don't have the right curb cuts, we don't have a street light here. Right. This is the county's fault, it's the city's fault, it's the traffic's fault. Exactly. And to a certain degree, they're correct. I mean, all of those played 
into factors that were causing issues for the business not being as profitable as it needed to be. And mm -hmm. I guess he could have packed up and moved, but I mean, my goodness, can you imagine how expensive that would be to try to relocate mm -hmm. where just a simple, it's going to be easy for people to come on the way to work mm -hmm. a little bit earlier. And then, like you said, incentivize it. So you're really rewarding the people that do that. And oh, eventually yeah. that change habits. And then as you're upgrading their wash or doing whatever, they're like, yeah, I'll come in earlier for that. Mm -hmm. Sure. And it incentivizes, it changes their habits on when they want to do it. That's right. And no, that's a great way to turn that uh, into a, a, an opportunity to the, actually help grow the business. You bet. So that was a very nice. example. No, I, I think that's very cool. No, that's uh, and I know you were telling me about that, you know, a while back. That when you were, I remember when you were working with that customer, and that was mm -hmm. really cool to kind of see that several months later after you put that into place, really start oh, yeah. to become one of his most profitable chains or or locations just because of that tweak. That's right. Just thinking differently. Yeah, that's very cool. So what? Uh, so what are some of the questions? I guess that you've worked with leadership teams and trying to spur some ideas to kind of mm -hmm. help create this, these business opportunities, these problems into opportunities, like sure. I said, turning, turning what seems to be an insurmountable uh, obstacle like that into, as Christine would say, a problem opportunity. Yes. There you go. Well, here's a couple of questions I've prepared. So I'll just read them right off. Sure. What are, what kind of recurring customer complaints are you receiving? So, if that's the case, what is the paradigm that needs to change? Like our, our car wash example. Okay. Uh, what new or different way can be tied, can be tried that can turn into a profitable solution? So if, what's a different way you can approach it that you can try it out? Another one here is what kinds of problems are you experiencing in the hiring and retention of employees? You know, mm. so, okay, are there better ways to hire and retain these employees? There's got to be. So what's the paradigm that needs to change? You know, sometimes people will think, well, gosh, there's just no good help out there anymore. Well, let me tell you something. You've got to change that one in a hurry because yeah. <laughs> you will get the uh, self-fulfilling prophecy if you don't. That is, if you think there's nothing out there, you will, you will look in that way, and that's what your expectations will, will create for yourself. How about this one? What new or different way can you approach this conundrum? So just to step back and say, well, what's a new or different way we can approach this conundrum? Uh, what kind of problems are you experiencing with employee performance? So ask that question. Uh, what external changes in your customers' demands could you turn into an advantage over your competitors? So if your customers are demanding something you don't have right now, hmm, maybe that's a niche you need to fill. And that yeah. could give you a distinct advantage over your competition that isn't going any place close to those, nice. those expectations. So that's another one. Uh, next couple more here. What type of process or workflow bottlenecks are occurring within your company? Sometimes we have our, our problems are really based on an internal situation where we're not, someone in particular is a bottleneck. They're not allowing certain work to be done by another department, or maybe they're not willing to uh, not take on certain projects because it just doesn't fit their, their, uh, their department, whatever it might be. Sometimes we have to look at where the bottlenecks are occurring within the organization that, are, that is stopping uh, production or at the same time creating problems. And of course, finally here, what new approaches can be tested? So any or all of those questions, just helping us think differently. You know, this business of paradigm pliancy, it really comes from inside. We have to think about, well, what what's the problem? And then how can we look at it differently? And what can we look at 
in terms of solutions differently that may never have been tried before because we just haven't had the wherewithal to consider it as a possible option. I like that because there were a the few of them that really stood out to me. And you were talking about the hiring and retention of employees. And that oh, yeah. one of the things that I look at is if you have a good employee, what can you possibly do to try to keep them? Because it is difficult. Mm. with a low unemployment. I mean, we, we fuss when there's a high unemployment. We fuss when there's a low unemployment. Mm. And I know there's a happy balance. But when you don't have tons of people, you can just put a for sale, or put a uh, help wanted sign out there and people just show up in droves because the economy is so bad they're willing to take anything. Mm-hmm. How are you going? You can't just instantly pick up somebody. How are you going to keep those folks that are there? And mm-hmm. also, I like the idea of putting systems in place where you can match folks with and hire them for the right job or if they're there and they're good people and they're not working out, maybe stepping back and taking a look at them and saying, okay, well, is this person a great fit for the job that they are at? And if they're Mm -hmm. not, how can I keep them? Don't necessarily have to get rid of them. They're not performing Mm -hmm. well in that job, but is there another position that we have in this organization that we can fit them into and they would do better? They're happier, mm-hmm. you're happier, you keep an employee. I mean, to me, that's you know a win overall. Yes, you might have to that's recruit, right. recruit for that one position, but you know you may have two spots open. You know, you, you just trade this person over here. Now that spot's filled, and you know that one's open. It may be a hard to fill position, but man, you you can look at getting the right people for the right job mm-hmm. based on their their skills, their communication style, their motivators, those oh, yeah. types of things going into it to make sure you had the be- at least the best odds of keeping recruiting and retaining the people that you have. That's right. Um, now, there's definitely some other options for people to look at, and maybe that's something we can discuss more on another program. Sure, but, that uh, sounds good. Yeah, but absolutely, it's, it's a challenge that's certainly facing business owners today. And I like the thing about the, the process of workflow bottlenecks, and I kind of go back to the lean process improvement. I'm a, a big fan of lean specifically, and one of the things that I I love the system in general, mm-hmm. but one of my favorite parts of it is difference for the people that are doing the work. The people that are doing the work every day probably know more about doing the work than you do because they're doing the work every day. That's right. And if anybody has an idea of how to make improvements and to challenge the system and to try new ideas to make this thing more efficient and to get rid of those bottlenecks are probably the staff that are physically doing that job. Yes. And so I think that, yes, I mean, don't get me wrong. We both do consulting. And so you know, to have a consultant say, don't hire a consultant is kind of funny, but really when you have those internal resources that you can just go into the into your own organization and just really be able to pull those great ideas you know and then if it's just overwhelming yeah you can bring somebody in from the outside to help facilitate the process but really those it's not bringing the expert in the the sage from the stage kind of thing it's really drawing from that expertise that's already there in the room that's to, right uh, to help solve your own bottlenecks i think is really cool mm-hmm Okay. Well, any uh, last thoughts on turning problems into opportunities for your business? I think the main thing, Dave, for listeners to tune into and maybe uh, ask themselves is in which way can they do it differently than they've done it before? If the old Hmm. way is not working so well, just be open-minded to seeing how else could we possibly do this and uh, 
don't look just to their own industry, but look to other industries. What are they doing to change or to, to approach their challenges differently and maybe take what they're doing and modify it so it works in your industry? I like it. I like maybe that a lot. No, that sounds great. Well, I'll tell you what, next time you as a business owner are out there trying to figure out how to conquer this challenge or figure something out like that, think about the example of the car wash and nothing they could do about it. Couldn't change locations, couldn't change traffic patterns, but I just love that idea of just changing a few little things and turning that into a very profitable center instead of mm -hmm. one of their least profitable ones based on their issues. So yes, Thanks, Tom, for that example. Uh, I Welcome. remember, like I said, when you were working with that client, that was awesome to hear how it turned out. So mm -hmm. for everybody else, we will talk to you on the next episode of Business Smarts Radio with Tom and Dr. Dave.